Welcome back to NAFAM, the podcast. Welcome. Once again, you're looking at your phone. I know. We just started podcasting. I'm... It's not even like it's had a chance to, I haven't had a chance to bore you yet. Okay. <laughs> you're just in there. So what are you looking at? What are you? I was just gathering my thoughts. Okay. You've been um, doing a little deep dive this week. Yeah, to, not this week, the last two days. And I, okay. that's what I was looking at because I was hoping to be able to talk about my deep dive today because I will want to put it on record. And? And what? Are you prepared? I, maybe, I hope so. Now I just feel really scattered. <laughs> yeah, you didn't take any notes on this. and what? Why don't you tell me about my deep dive? Your deep dive. Or tell us about my deep dive. You know, every once in a while, you get into the gene- genealogy um, deep dive to learn about your ancestry. Mm-hmm. Um, but this week, you did a subscription thing, a newspaper subscription thing, and you have been looking up information on the original owner of our house mm-hmm. and his family. Yeah, which I've done before, but um, this I feel like every you know you have to revisit topics and then things sink in more and you're able to make more connections and remember different names and you know things start to piece together. But why did I even start doing it? Do you know? No. I think I was just bored yesterday and I yeah. just decided to Google something real quick and I then all of a sudden no idea. I was down this rabbit hole. Yeah, because initially I was <laughs> like, well, we've already talked about this think you know you and i have had multiple discussions you've talked about it we go to the cemetery we see the grave sites there's always questions about who's who yeah but all of a sudden you uncovered some more information that you know we didn't i don't know if we didn't know but you, you just went a little deeper so why don't you share with us okay well i want to share with you are you interested because it seems like you're not and when i was trying to read you stuff yesterday you were just really annoyed and i thought that was like wait you were like well i have other i'm trying to do this other thing i'm like well for me, it's so exciting. It just I would just drop everything and like leap over the couch and be like, what did you find out? Like, why don't you have that same level of interest so about I'm this? So I'm going to say that I'm going to preface this with yesterday when you were talking to me. I don't remember exactly what I was doing, but I told you I had literally from the morning until like 4.30 or whatever, meeting after meeting after meeting. Mm-hmm. And then... You were trying to talk to me, and I'm, and I told you, my brain was just fried, and it was, I felt brain dead, and I wasn't actually taking in the information. I was working on a puzzle, and then you were talking, and so then finally, I'm like, I have to stop doing what I'm doing and really listen to you, and I felt like I was only taking in half of it, and then I had to ask myself, am I interested in this? And I'm like, I am, but I'm kind of like interested in like the Cliff Notes version of like, yeah, that's give me, give me so the deets. Foreign to me, I like don't understand. The, the rest that. of it, you piecing this all together, because that's one of those things where if I was piecing it together, I would be interested in it. But you're also not even interested but in pursuing the, the not, topic. That's what's no. You're looking up the weird the original me. owner and his wife's kids and where they ended up, and you were looking for an obituary, and I was just like, all right, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I wish I remember what sort of sparked this reignited this for me but maybe it's because well we are as i'm working on um updating my home office we have we 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 talked before on here about putting the doors back on all of the doorways because some of them were removed and as we were putting them back on like they wouldn't close all the way so we had some issues and you could speak more to the technical language there if there's you really like. there's really not you know in 170 years the original doors we had some in the basement we pulled them up of course wood they're solid wood very heavy mm-hmm. but wood expands and contracts in over 170 years it contracted a little bit and so Mm -hmm. they didn't quite close all the way so i was just like yeah i could 
make this work, but I'd rather just have a locksmith come out. You wanted a lock on a closet. We didn't have a key for the lock that was on it. Yeah, and it's so, the closet that, you know, has. we've been told that supposedly when he was here, he had a home office, which I have not found any documentation mm-hmm. of, but I don't think it's that far-fetched. I found advertisements in newspapers where he was advertising his practice, and it says he's available at all hours. So I was like, he probably had a whole home office. And then this little closet that we have is where, when we moved in, there was like old medicine bottles that were said to have been his, which I questioned because that was he died in like 1898. So we, there's been a lot of owners since then. But I've learned a lot, and I thought maybe I could share with you some of the things yeah. that I've learned so- and all the mysteries that remains okay so i'm going to let you get to that so the one thing that the locksmith yeah that's what said I'm was there's a lock on that door yeah but we don't have a key for it right so he's like you know most most of the locks are pretty standard there's a couple different types of keys so mm-hmm. i'll take a look at it and see if we can work something out mm-hmm. he looked at it and he said yeah this he goes i've been doing this for like 40 years and he he's went like, 45 to be specific 45 wow, i thought it was 47 but i was trying to uh, yeah. I, he said 45 over and over again he was he okay. was just shocked that he but could. he said yeah the shape of this he goes i i mean i could basically draw it out for you i'm like that's he's okay like, but I've never he's seen like anything this is like this is this different is so, so i don't know if this is was this way for a reason or what the deal was but and long then, story short he does not he's like i don't have a key yeah. so we're going to have to rekey the lock it's funny because I know that I tend to be hyperbole, but the way you're retelling the story is so muted. Like he was very animated. I could hear him say about five to ten times, "I have never seen anything like this in 45 mm-hmm. years. This is this is so specialized. I've I just I've never I've been doing this for 45 years. I've seen a lot of locks. I've never seen this. So I am. I am. To me, you know, it it's funny too. The I- Can I just? I'm yeah. gonna go. I'm gonna mm-hmm. also add this that uh-huh. this person. Mm-hmm. When I had talked to him before he came out on the phone, uh-huh. personality-wise, didn't give a lot. Okay, so he was... So, yeah, his when you were saying that he was kind of animated about it, uh-huh. I think that speaks volumes because this mm-hmm. is not a person who was, at least in my limited experience, very animated didn't, about okay. things. Okay, so. so there you go. That even that even adds to the story here. But he... So that what I said to him, I said, well, that's really interesting because we were told that that was the guy that built this house was a physician, and we were told that that was where he kept his medications. So it would make sense that you would have a specialized key that nobody could copy because people maybe would want to break in mm-hmm. to such a thing, which that exists. I mean... So it makes yeah. sense that, that that's the case. I was just kind of like, oh, it's surprising that that was going on back in mm-hmm. the 18 mid. Yeah, he's like some Z-shaped 19th. type of key versus a stand. Anyway, it was, yeah, it was a whole thing that he was like, yeah, I can't. So I unfortunately, can't we're not going to, so. we're, we're going to have to get a whole new lock altogether and we're yeah. not going to be able to utilize the original lock right. on that door. We're not removing it. We're just going right. to add one. Yeah. So I've learned a lot. There was a lot of mysteries. We know that Dr. William L. Wells was here we knew that he had a wife um julia rainy wells which her middle i think i don't know if she must have her maiden name was rainy r-a-n-n-e-y and she must have really adored her name i feel like as i'm learning more she had sisters i feel like they all adored that name they all really kept it somehow her own daughter's middle name was that there are several like other relatives that have used that as their middle name, the females. So um, I'm not sure exactly where that comes from. Um, I did find a more detailed obituary. What are you doing? No, Why don't keep you just, talking. Just tell us. No, I want to know because I've already oh. told you I don't like telling you talking to you when you're on your phone. Well, but I, it d- distracts I don't either. Me. 
What are you I doing? did because I had. This is something that I had asked you earlier. Okay. Was that name? I said there's a park in Lansing called Ranny Park and yeah. stuff. And there's, I know there's a local one here. But you said they came from New York, and I'm yeah. just. Want, I said, well, maybe it come. It's a name with some status to it. So well, I the, didn't know if you may, had perhaps. But okay. if you look it up now, I don't think that's going to be helpful because now you're going to be looking it up and not listening to me. I'm listening, and that's okay. a long thing to look up. Okay, I mean, go ahead. You, that's a. It's not like it's a completely uncommon name. So I've, if you try to look it up now, you would potentially be on the internet for an hour trying to sort out who's. I'm not who. that dumb. I wouldn't do that. But go ahead. But to add to that, there is a park which we have mentioned when we talked about our this whole house episode. Um, there's a funeral home two blocks away, um, and there is a park attached to that called the Jenny Rainey McPherson Park, which I have since learned Jenny was um, Mrs. Julia, Julia Sr. Wells' sister, and she was married to a McPherson. She was married to, oh my gosh. What's McPherson it? Jr., I don't know. Yeah, what's that. the guy's the McPherson name? <laughs> he was Jr., um, and then there was another sister that was married to a Mr. Gay in the area. So they were all pretty prominent people in the early community here. So I thought that was interesting. So, But I did find we have an obituary that somebody printed off of Dr. Wells. I found um, a different one. There's two major – there seems that there was two major papers in the area. There was a Livingston Democrat and the Re- Livingston Republican. And it's funny because I'll find – obituaries in both but there's it seemed that the Livingston Republican was a little more detailed in what they would write in the obituaries it's like the Livingston Democrat maybe took out like a paragraph but it had the same information so this is from I think this one is from the Livingston Republican um I lost it hold on um okay are you ready I'm ready oh shoot are our listeners ready (laughs) that's the question yeah okay so I'm just gonna start with his because I thought it was neat Okay, so Dr. William L. Wells, aged 80 years, died at his home in this village Saturday morning, June 18, 1898. From his failing strength during the past year, it has been apparent to his intimate friends that Dr. Wells had longed for this had not longed for this world. He retained his strength and mental activity, however, in a remarkable degree, giving up the practice of medicine only a few months before his death. He was confined to his bed only a few days. The funeral, Tuesday, from the residence was attended by a large number of sympathizing friends and relatives. Reverend W.A. Cerise, it's S-E-R-E-I-C-E, officiated. The business places of the town generally were closed during the service. Mrs. Wells has the sympathy of the entire community in her sad bereavement. They have lived a happy married life of over 55 years duration. For cords of affection that have been a lifetime informing, to be snapped in a moment is indeed sad. Dr. Wells was born in Geneseo, it's J, I'm sorry, G-E-N-E-S-E-O, New York, October 4th, 1818, the son of Dr. and Mrs. Cyrus Wells. In 1836, the family moved to Kensington, Oakland County. Mr. Wells graduated from Geneseo Medical College and entered upon the practice of medicine. In May 1843, he was married to Miss Julia M. Rainey, who survives him. The following spring, they located at I always they notice they always say at instead of in or located at Clinton, Michigan, remaining two years. From there, they went to Lansing the year the new Capitol building was being erected. In 1849, the doctor moved his family to Howell, where they have since lived and prospered. They were born 
There were born in the family two children, a son and a daughter. William H. Wells died in 1890 in Philadelphia, and Julia Rainey Wells in Howell in 1877, less than a year after her marriage to Edward W. Wetmore of Detroit. In the death of Dr. Wells, this community has lost an honorable, high-minded, conscientious citizen. He was a man of strong convictions, of pronounced likes and dislikes, who always remembered his friends. Honorable and upright in his deal, man with man, he commanded the respect and esteem of the community. In short, Dr. Wells was one of nature's noblemen, who blessed the community in which they live. Among those who attended the funeral from abroad were Mrs. G. must be George Russell, Miss Anna Russell, Mrs. Edward Somner, Mrs. Sidney White, Miss Florence White, and Mr. and Mrs. J. Bigelow of Detroit, Henry Bingham and Mrs. Amelia Bingham of Jackson, and Mrs. William F. Davidson of Port Huron, Joss T. Titus of Toledo. <laughs> Isn't that neat? Did yeah, you learn anything new there? I told you. I, I think it's fascinating. They say from abroad, and they mean like, you know, what we would consider to be, oh, it's yeah. Detroit. It's Port Huron. It's yeah. like an hour drive. Um but the fact that they actually include that in the obituary, yes. that information about, yeah. oh, these are all the people, this, these are all the important people that came to visit. Well, you'll, I, I found newspaper clippings, though. You would just find random, that's just what they reported back then. They would say, so-and-so had these guests from out of town this mm-hmm. weekend. They were from this city. Right. And that was just in the paper. So, you know, people think that Facebook is new. It's really not. It was There was a version of it back then. Yeah, it was public for everybody. You yeah. couldn't mark your profile <laughs> private. It just was there. And, yeah, and it was printed for all to see forever. Um, another, I found another obituary for her sister, Harriet C. Gay. And I won't read that, but that funeral took place in this house. Okay, so, so both of them. her sister's funeral was here. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Because the wife's funeral took place at the McPherson home, correct? Correct, because she spent her last few days... I'm sorry, her last few years living with her sister, the one that was married, Jenny, to the McPhersons. And even though Jenny was our, I I believe Jenny had already passed, but McPherson took in Julia, our Julia, and there were some other people living there too. So I think he just, he had servants that helped care for them. So um, I also saw that, um, so Cyrus, I learned that Cyrus, who was, William L. Wells's father, who was also a physician um, from Oakland County, from Oakland County, came from New York, was the first physician to. I, I don't know if he was the first. The way the article read was that he was the first physician to come and pronounce a death here in Howell when it was first originating and incorporating yes. the Waddell family. One of the Waddells, he pronounced their death, and that they have a huge, like huge presence in, presence the, cemetery. in the cemetery. Very large. There's a lot of Waddells in there. Tombstones and whatnot. Yeah. So, and what I had read is that it was such a great thing to have Dr. Cyrus here because normally, I believe what they were saying is that people would have to travel outside of the county for um, such services, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, obviously eventually William moved here. And I want to find um, the wife, Julia's obituary, because I thought that was interesting. You and said she died that, quite a few years later, correct? Correct. Um, Is it 1907 or? 1911. 11. So hers, she had a fun obituary as well. Julia Rainey Wells. The news of Mrs. Wells' death yesterday, while not unexpected, brought real sorrow to her wide circle of friends. There are many who may have seen 
Aunt Julia Wells for years, but they will be saddened to know who had not seen, I'm sorry, this page is kind of messed up, who have not seen Aunt Julia. So it's in quotes. So she was, must have known as Aunt Julia for years, but they have, they will be saddened to know that a dear old lady with her care turrowed, care turrowed, but smiling face had gone from among us. She seemed to be out of those rare natures who are gentle and cultured and kind by instinct. I have to bear with me. (laughs) It's the way this was copied. By instinct and kind by instinct, net and the sorrows and heartaches incident to a icing. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm really butchering this. Let me start that sentence over. She seemed to be one of those rare natures who are gentle and cultured and kind by instinct, net and the sorrows and heart aches incident to a long life only served to mellow her character. Her face was ever serene and smiling and untroubled. Peace to her ashes. Julia Rainey was born at Rochester, New York, February 9, 1823, and was married to Dr. William L. Wells at Geneseo, New York, May 18, 1842. Dr. and Mrs. Wells came to Michigan in the early 40s and settled in Howell in 1849, living then in a house which stood on the very spot where the Wells house stands today. There they lived and took a prominent part in the social life of Howell, and from there, too, Mrs. Wells buried her only daughter, Julia, in 1877, her only son, William, in 1890, and her husband in 1898. She continued to live at the old home until a few years ago, a period of nearly 60 years. During the past four years, Mrs. Wells lived at the home of her brother-in-law, William McPherson, Jr., in constantly failing health, and her death occurred there yesterday afternoon. Mrs. Wells was one of a large family of brothers and sisters, and a sister of Mrs. William McPherson Jr. and Mrs. M. L. Gay, both deceased. She is survived by two granddaughters, Julia R. and Matilda Wells of Philadelphia, and one brother, F. G. Ranny of Rochester, New York. She was, until the disbanding of the congregation, a member of the Episcopal Church, but united with the Presbyterian Church many years ago. And Reverend L. S. Brooke will conduct the funeral services held at the residence of Mr. M. McPherson Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock. Okay. So we have often wondered if there's any wells, if there was a legacy left, Mm -hmm. because what I have learned that I've learned a little bit about Julia. I'm still confused. There's no obituary. The daughter, Julia, who died. There's no, I've not been able to find an obituary on her. I found a death notice of her son, Dwight, who is in the cemetery over Mm -hmm. here. He was three months old when he died. And all I have is that she was married and she died a year later. And she was married to this um, Edward Wetmore, who was a well-known academic he was a well-known academic let me see if i can find there's a wetmore street in howell too i don't know that there's a relation so i have the debt it says died wetmore at howell august 3 day it says 3d dwight ernest son of edward w and the late julia r wetmore of detroit aged three months and 15 days so he died after his mom and he was in howell so, and supposedly she died in Howell, but they lived in Detroit. She lived in Detroit with her husband. So I'm not sure how that played out. And it's a mystery to me. And I'm mm-hmm. finding myself a bit obsessed wanting to know the story there. You think she died in childbirth? And 
was it something that was taboo and they didn't talk about? And that's why I can't find any record of it. Or is that just a fluke that I can't find any record of it? I don't know. You know, I wonder if. And what did he die of? The husband? The infant. The the infant. infant. Yeah. I don't know. I'm wondering if they, because her dad was a doctor, did she live here because she had some complications? And so he was basically caring for her until she passed? Well, that's what I'm wondering, too. That's what I'm wondering, too. Um, So I found this Wetmore guy. There is a, I have his obituary. Detroit educator dies in the East, it says. Professor Wetmore, State Normal College, Albany, old member of Jefferson Ave Presbyterian. Edward W. Wetmore, Ph.D. of the State Normal College at Albany, New York, died suddenly March 22, 1911. He will be remembered by the older residents of Detroit and high school graduate from 19, I'm sorry, 1875 to 1885, I think it says. Dr. Wetmore was born in Detroit in 1846, the son of Cornelia Willard and Frederick Wetmore. His father came to Detroit from the Whitesboro, New York in 1843 and was a successful merchant. He was one of the charter members of the Jefferson Avenue Presbyterian Church founded in 1854, which he was a ruling elder until his death. Edward Wetmore was a brilliant scholar passing from the Barstow School through the Detroit High School to the University of Michigan, graduating in the classical department in 1867. While at the university, he was a member <clears throat> excuse me, of the Delta Kappa Epsilon fraternity. He completed the course at the Auburn Theological Seminary and spent three years at Robert College, Constantinople, where he was a member of the faculty under Dr. Hamlin. Returning to this country, he became professor of chemistry and natural science in the Detroit High School in 1875, where he remained about 10 years. He was a member of the Jefferson Avenue Church from his childhood and took a deep interest in its work and Sunday school. He was a natural musician of much skill and had charge of the church organ for several years. After leaving the Detroit High School, he became professor of natural and physical science in the State Normal College at Albany, New York, where he had been for nearly 20 years. Dr. Wetmore was one of character members of the Philip Livingston chapter of the Sons of the Revolution and was actively interested in its affairs. He was twice married, first to Miss Julia Wells, Howell, Michigan, and second to Miss Martha Cox, Brooklyn, New York, with who with her two sons, Willard and Van Dyke, survives him. Just thought it was necessary to read that to you. So <laughs> what year did the daughter Julia die again? Was it there's 1890? No, there's no death year, but I'm guessing it was 1877 because oh, 1877. that's the year her son died and he was only three months old. Yes, okay. Um, I do have, I saw, I was able to find their marriage. They So he lived another 34 years then after that. Because I was wondering, he got remarried. I was like, well, that, and moved back to New York, obviously. Yeah. And then there is like this random, I, I feel like it's, I don't know, but it was printed from the, um, in the state of, where is it? The South Alabamian. And it's just like this story that somebody submitted. It's called The Green Uniform, but it's written by Julia Rainey Wells. So I'm just like, was there another one? Or was it the same one? And she just happened to like, submit to this paper in Alabama I don't know um what I also found so I did find that she her and I found the red like the red registration book where Julia and Wetmore were married um but I can't really find anything else on her it's frustrating and then this William H their son Mm -hmm. who apparently lived in Philadelphia and New York had these two kids Matilda and Julia, Julia and one of them 
like graduated, like they lived here with their grandparents. And I don't, that that's interesting to me. Um, there's an article about that if I could find it. Because one of them graduated in 1904 from Howell High School. And the other one, they referenced living in California. Right, Matilda, right. Matilda, and she died pretty young. And she left a son who now I can't recall his name. I don't. I didn't write that down. Um, I want to like try to see if like I'd be curious. You need to, you need to write this stuff down. You need to you need to outline have... it because it's very hard or you know whiteboard it so that we can connect the dots. But um, you had read to me that, and I thought it was the mother Julia, and I could be wrong. Was in an accident, was hit by a car, Mm-mm. or was that that was a different rainy? That it was, was a different. I wonder one. if it was one of her siblings or something. Oh, okay, so it was not her. No, that was not her. Okay, it was a different name because that story that was in the paper about how the accident happened, yeah, was quite fascinating. She got hit by a train was... and broke both of her arms. Oh, no, she got hit by the car. There was a car. The that train was... car. There were no cars back then, Jim. What year was that? It was in like the 1850s. They were at the train oh, depot, oh, and she okay. was hit by a car. <laughs> Come on, brother. I, w- I thought it was. I thought this was later. I thought this was later for some reason. But okay, so you're right. I understand. The whole article was written that they were waiting for the train, and the train didn't come. And then it came, and she tried to flag him down. Well, said so the car. The, you, the conductor couldn't. The way you stop read it to time. me was the car was an hour late that was supposed to pick them up. They were waiting by the. I yeah, thought it was I they were waiting they by were, the train. Isn't station. that the way they spoke of trains? Probably. I'm I don't sure think it, there was cars back then. Yeah, not in the 1850s. So you're right about that. I, yeah, I thought <laughs> or this was 1880s or whatever. No, it was I, I was thinking this was in the 1900s. I guess for some stupid reason. I guess I wasn't putting that much thought into it. But wow. Okay. Yeah, and explain how she. Basically, yeah, the train didn't stop, the car didn't stop, mm-hmm. and hit her and the other, her daughter, whoever was with her. Anyway, this it was just fascinating the way the story was told, that she was on the ground. They thought she was fine, but they're like, no, you can't go anywhere. And so she broke both her arms, and they thought she was going to die from it. Yeah, and I feel like one of the one of the sentences read that like one of them was fell off. And I'm like, right. did I read that wrong? They go broke in two places or something. Was this just, again, hyperbole? <laughs> I don't know, but... Um, but then, the, the, but then the the car came. The, that's what the, then the car came back because it was kind of dark out, and it was like the car came back. Wait a second, the, the, the whole the whole thing. I was just trying to figure out. It doesn't matter because they're not our, the people. We're they're not the people. I, I mean, maybe just, they're related, but well, I don't it does Whether they're related or not, I'm just talking about the story in general. Yeah. To go back and read a story in history, uh-huh. the way it was written, the detail, the description on some seemingly somewhat benign event oh, yeah. was just. I love the, doing that. The I have, detail was bizarre. In the city of Owasso, I've gotten so many newspaper clippings of, because I'm telling you, there's so, Buckley, and that's my dad's mom's maiden name, and she had like 14 brothers, and all of them had four. Like, there's so many Buckleys in that town. There are so many stories of drunken Irish debacles that were documented in the papers. <laughs> it's like people were in bar fights and stealing money and car accidents and drunk driving. It's like the way they rewrite these stories gets, is it all just so gets dramatic. It gets published and it's yeah. out there. And it's like, no matter how, again, minor it is, it's like, it's all out there. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I have like a bunch of screenshots of stuff. So there's no order here. But in the 1900 census, so just at this point, just Julia Rainey Wells Sr., Dr., you know, the uh, the OG, lived here. And she, well, she was the only surviving family member. She had two boarders that lived here with her. I thought that was interesting. And um, a servant named Lottie, L-O-T-T-I-E. 
and as at the borders where it must have been a young couple, I would guess, thirty and thirty one. They have the same last name, Gregory. Edward and Linda Gregory. Isn't that a fun fact? That's a fun fact. <laughs> what year was that? Nineteen hundred. Okay. Because it had to be within the, the next few years that she then moved out into the McPherson home yeah. to be cared for. Yeah. In eighteen seventy she was here, obviously, with her husband. She was 45, oh. our age. Okay, so you read to me something else, too, and you might, maybe you're going to get to this, but okay. about which one was it that the, I thought it was her, that the husband was taking arsenic for some yeah, ailment. Yeah, I'll and, get to that. Okay, you're going to get to that? Okay. Yeah, hopefully. Um, so, okay, but this, I'm just going through the order I have these screenshots. So in the 1870 census, she lived here with her kids. At that point, Julia, daughter Julia was 16 son William H was 28 he was an attorney by the way um and they had a servant by the last name of Kate and she was 17 the last name of Kate I mean the first name of Kate I can't read her um the I can't make out the last name but it is confusing to me because in 1860 there is also a Kate who has appeared to be it's a very the last name is long and scribbly so i feel like it's the same person but it also says they're 17 and Uh it was 10 year different so i'm not sure about that um because yeah in the 1880 census i have obviously they are still here with their kids i'm sorry in the 1880 census the kids are not here it's dr william and his wife and then there are three elder adults who are their parents so we have cyrus who was his dad and then we have her parents um, I cannot make out their first names. So they all lived here. Rainy. Yeah. So they obviously cared for their parents. And Kate, the servant, is also still here at age 17. Again. So there must have, was there something about how they just put 17 so that they didn't have like what, like voting rights or something? Like, I don't know what the laws were back then as far as adulthood goes, but this person's age doesn't change over the course of 30 years. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever, 20 years, 20 years. Um, I have in the 1910 census is where I am showing that she lived with her brother-in-law, William McPherson Jr., and he is listed as a banker. What year? 1910. 1910. And she died in 1911. And they said that she had lived there for a few few years. In 1850, we have her just living here with her husband and her first son, who was only three years old. Yeah, and that's that's the part that... Initially, it sounds like they built a home on the same spot, and then they built their this home. Yes. And I still want to know exactly when this was completed, because I think we've got, you know, the plaque on the door says 1850. We've heard 1850 from other people that have done research um, around town, but then it says they moved here in 49. So, I'm, you know, how long did it take to build the house, and when was it actually completed? I'm just curious about, and what was the house that was here prior to? Yeah. I'm, in, I'm interested in that part of it. Me too. I would love to know that. Um, I noticed that there are, I found there's a book called The History of, is it The History of Howell or The History of Livingston County? You can get it on Google Books. It's very long, very interesting. I'm going to sit down and read through it one of these days. But they have the first, some of the first homes built here. Like they'll have them, they have a McPherson home and they show, there's like a few of them. They have, um, illustrations of and then it will say the old home so i was like oh does that mean that's the little house they lived in while they were building you know Mm. the bigger houses so and they're just very modest squares and so i wouldn't be surprised if that's what happened here Mm -hmm. what if it was just this back half that we're sitting in right now i know yeah i don't know. know would be fascinating I have the obituary here obituary here of Miss Julia Wells, who is the granddaughter. So this was the daughter of William H. Wells. 
On Thursday afternoon, July 5th, 1928, the burial service of the Episcopal Church was read at Lakeview Cemetery by Reverend Don E. Veal for Miss Julia Wells. Miss Wells died in New York City, February 4th, 1928, following a brief attack of pneumonia. Interment was in the Wells family lot in Lakeview Cemetery, Howell. Miss Wells was the daughter of William H. and Ella Wells and granddaughter of Dr. William L. Wells, one of Howell's earliest physicians. Though remembered by many of Howell's residents, Miss Wells' life had been largely spent in New York City. She leaves a mother, Mrs. Ella Wells of Bailey Island, Maine, and a sister, Miss Matilda Palmer of Sierra Madre, California. Miss Wells was also a cousin of Miss Elizabeth Gay Hayden, Mrs. Alice McPherson Spencer, and R. Bruce McPherson of the city. See, this is where I need this stuff written out. I need to see. So it this laid is out. this is their granddaughter, right? So William, their son. their son, William H. Yep. He was a lawyer. At some point, he went out east and raised a family. I don't know that. I don't think that they're saying her body is here, but there is a tombstone for her there, and there but is. Didn't it say that the. Funeral says, was held in Lakeview Cemetery? It says, oh, it does say the burial service, you're right, of the Episcopal Church was read at. So what does that mean? Maybe they just had a service, but there was no. It says burial service. I, I, I don't probably know. probably right. It's so hard to know. Um, we could start digging. Let's not do that. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> I didn't know you meant literal digging. <laughs> I thought you meant figurative. Oh, yeah. No, I was like, what? Why are you agreeing with me on that? There is a little newspaper clipping about uh, Edward Wetmer here um, at a re- at the recent. I just think it's fun to read these things at the recent commencement exercises of the State Normal College at Albany, New York. Edward Willard Wetmore, a former resident of Detroit, was given the degree of Doctor of Pedagogy. Mr. Wetmore, did I pronounce that right? What's Doctor of Pedagogy? Pedagogy. Pedagogy. Is that how you say? Isn't it? that like learning? Okay, so. I, I don't know. That would make sense. Mr. Wetmore, who is the brother of Mrs. Blah, 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 blah. Anyways. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, Pedagogy is the method and practice of teaching, especially as an academic subject or theoretical concept. Do they still hand those out? Not that I'm aware of. Do they have a new name? Probably. There's just some, I found some signature pages of like the first Livingston Physicians Association and stuff that all the physicians here signed together. Um, here's a newspaper clipping. An enjoyable time was the result, is the heading. (laughs) Wednesday evening, (laughs) Mrs. Dr. Wells entertained a party of about 50 young people in honor of her niece, Miss Julia Wells of Philadelphia. A very pleasant evening was reported. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing about what it was for. Just 50 young people. Here's another one. What year was that? I don't, I don't have it. Oh, okay, okay. Dr. William Wells of this village has been a subscriber of the Detroit Free Press for more than 40 consecutive years. That was just a. That was just amongst other things, like the one before that says the. But Lansing, that was when you what you just read though was in the paper. It's in the paper. Yes. I'm telling you, this I is know, Facebook. That's OG, because <laughs> the one above that said the Lansing Republicans are several says several from Howell joined the Lansing kindergarten class last Friday. Next, Dr. William Wells of this village has been a subscriber of the Detroit <laughs> Free Press for more than forty years. Next, the Chatton Chat. Oh, I can't pronounce that. Chattatauqua Circle give. 
and entertainment to members and invited guests at the residence of Mrs. A.W. Nealon Friday evening. Next, the hour of meeting of the Young People's Prayer Meeting of the M.E. Church has been changed to 8 o'clock p.m. every Tuesday evening. <laughs> it's just like random but announcements. Each one of those is an announcement of an event or something else. Yeah. And then, oh, by the way, and this guy subscribed to the paper for over 40 years. Yeah, and we like have we've we have found an 1899. 99. Uh, cl- free press paper here. Yeah, with so salvaged. That's the other. That's the other piece that is. God, I wish I could dig in more. Like I found that I took some baseboard off because we were trying to figure out what a noise was, and there yeah. were all these shredded newspapers in there. So I'm like, okay, they probably use that for some kind of insulation. Uh huh between the walls yeah now i don't think there was that much in there so i found that interesting in itself but then they but they were from 1899 so i'm like Mm -hmm. okay if the house was completed in 1850 Mm -hmm. were they doing renovations or something else to right and it wasn't an inside wall it wasn't an outside just the whole thing is you know know. don't you just want to travel back in time and just watch them live their lives have we been duped was the house completed in 1899 but no it wasn't completed in 1899 jim we would know that he died in 1899 we have obituaries like we know that we know that um i found a funny art not funny i found an interesting article i took a screenshot of i'm not going to read it but it was it was from the detroit free press and it was about a doctor who was going to speak on eyesight conservation and it was this whole thing about there's a real problem with like you know modern like the modern problems with eyesight because people are reading at the in the nightlight and that's really bad for their eyes. So it's like leading to all these chronic eye problems. And it's just, it's just what that guy would have said about screens. I, I know it's just, I mean, I'm just saying like we, we, you know, we're so pessimistic and our, you know, we have such short term memory and we act like this is the way humans act. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they were the same discussions we have today. That was 150 years ago, you know? Yeah. 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 And, it, you know, this guy's talking about this is a real problem. Like we need to address this. Like this is just like mm-hmm. we talk about screen time now. Um, I have a, yeah, I have this clip about how in the spring of 1837, Samuel Weldell was taken sick and died. Cyrus Wells, MD of Oakland County, father of William L. Wells, MD of Howell, was sent for to attend upon him. He arrived at the house in the evening and after examining him, uttered the fatal words, I cannot help him. Mr. Weldell Waddell ceased to live on the 30th day of May and was the first person who died in the township. He was the first buried on his farm and shortly after was disinterred and buried in the village cemetery. He was a man of integrity and respectability. His family shortly after removed to the state of New York. Andrew D. Waddell Esquire, a son of the deceased, now lives in our midst, an honored and respected citizen. In those days, the friends of the sick were forced to go even into Oakland and Washtenaw counties for after physicians. So, I'm also curious on that. You know, these are esteemed, respected people that they're reporting on. Would they just flat out say, you know, John Smith, a real piece of shit, died here? He had no friends, was not respected. I, don't I mean, know. Th- to add that little bit of detail in there, like, I oh, everybody, he was respected. He they... was esteemed. Would they just not say anything? Would they just be That's like, That's what I'm wondering. No, John Smith died in his home and leave it at that. Right. What gives that little distinction, that little extra? You should look detail? into that. You should. This could be your new hobby. Well, Start studying your... <laughs> obituaries of the 1850 era. Yeah. Um. Here's a funny, another little blurb in the paper status facebook status update florence wells of kansas who has been a guest at the house of dr wells for a week left tuesday for newberry (laughs) (laughs) which newberry is where my relatives were living at the time so that's interesting if they're talking about newberry michigan in chiawassee county Uh um 
here is an advertisement. Darn it, I don't have the date um, for our house. Three-room, unfurnished apartment, private bath, adults only. So I believe what I, I, I had figured this out yesterday, and I'm so mad I don't have it documented here, but I what I figured out is after she died from like, after that, this place was converted into apartments because I found advertisements from like 1940 through 1960 for rooms to rent here. And we know that in the 70s, a family came in and reconverted this home to a single family residence yeah. again. Yeah. So that said, three room private bathroom. Mm-hmm. And here's another one that says for rent large. Well, the only, so let me just stop there because the only the only other full bath in this house besides our bathroom, the master bath, is the one that the kids use upstairs jim there was obviously more than one bath. they had it completely different obviously every apartment had their own bathroom you realize that they no we've talked we've this. talked about okay. that. i'm talking about back with the one you just read it makes i thought that was older that was that not like way back when i'm not sure i said okay. i didn't have the year on yeah, it because yeah, here's okay. another this is i think the older one this is if i recall memory serves this was the first earliest one i saw for rent large front sleeping room mrs c.o parker like, that's who you're supposed to contact. And there's no phone number. So that just tells me that, like, you know, you just go into the town square and yell her name and she'll come. She'll, co- she'll come out, yeah. <laughs> Large front sleeping room. Yeah, because the other one had a phone number. I have, this is from, I have an obituary. William Howe died in Detroit, Michigan, last Wednesday, January 9th, 1918. In the death of William Howe of North Howell, which occurred in the city of Detroit, January 9th, 1918, Livingston County parts with another of its good citizens. Mr. Howe was born at Tenbrook in the state of New York 63 years ago. His parents came to Michigan when he was a little boy and settled in the township of Howell. The funeral was held from the home of his brother, E.E. E. Howe. Our address is listed. Howell, Friday. So in 1918, E.E. E. Howe lived here. Owned this house. So this it, that's a new development okay. for us. See, you need to write that down. You need to. You know, I have a screenshot of it. I know you, you do. You could write you it down. organize Take it. notes. I, I know. I'm not prepared for that. <laughs> um, here is the obituary of, oh, never mind. I thought that was a different one. I've already read his. I'm trying to find the obituary of Julia Wells because it had a it did talk about this house a little bit. The wife? The blurb. Yeah. The remains of Miss Julia Wells of New York City arrived in Howell last week for internment on the family lot in Lakeview Cemetery. The burial services were conducted by Reverend Don Veal, I've read, this is the granddaughter, of the Episcopal Church at 5 o'clock Thursday afternoon, July 5th. So this is a little more detail yeah. on what I read before. Yeah, and her remains arrived, Miss so Wells, she is Yep, Miss Wells was the granddaughter of the late Dr. Wells, one of the early physicians of this city, and she was the sister of Matilda Wells and graduate of Howell High School with the class of 1904. I gotta get to find a picture of her. The deceased leaves her mother of Bailey's Island, Maine, and sister Matilda Wells Palmer, of Sierra Madre, California. Miss Wells was a cousin of Elizabeth Hayden, Alice McPherson, Spencer, and Bruce McPherson. E.D. Sargent, administrator of the estate of William L. Wells versus Timothy Smith, a sumpsit judgment was rendered for the plaintiff. What does that mean, lawyer Jim? You already asked me that. You don't know. No, well, I, it says, yeah, I don't know if it was, because we did find something else where there was a notice in the paper put out <clears throat> 
if you owe the doctor money, you needed to pay, right? Yes. So him and his partner put obviously this is after this is the this is through the estate, but I'm curious if maybe somebody owed money and so the estate went after them for unpaid. I, I have no idea. I have okay. no idea. But it was some kind of a claim for contract. Um, so it wasn't somebody going after else. Dr. Wells. It was Dr. Wells going after somebody else. The way that, that reads. Well, I'm not. not sure. I'm not 100 percent sure of the way that reads because it just says plaintiff, but it didn't say. Here who the is was. here is a newspaper, or I mean, probably a phone book advertisement or something. W. L. Wells, M.D. will promptly attend to all calls. Office over Weimeister's Bank, which we know he had a downtown office. Um, and then below that, it says R.B. Bell, M.D., physician and surgeon, office formerly occupied by Dr. Wells, all calls promptly attended to by day or night, office hours from 8 to 12. This is interesting to me. Office hours from 8 to 12 a.m. and 1 to 8 p.m. Did they do it differently back wow. then? Was the midday noon considered a.m. and not p.m.? <laughs> Did they, or is that just a typo? I don't know. Residence on Grand River Street, one door east but of But regardless, L. that's S. a lot of Montague's. hours. Eight, If it is 8 to noon and then 1 to 8, mm-hmm. good luck getting a doctor to work those hours now. Yeah. I mean, not that I could blame them, but that's crazy. Here is something. Notice has been received that Mrs. Matilda Wells Palmer died. This is the California one. Monday afternoon at her home in Sierra Madre, California. Miss Wells was 52 years of age. She leaves one son, David. Mrs. Wells was the granddaughter of the late Dr. Wells. So if there's some Palmers out there that were would still, you know, if this guy had of her son went on to marry and have children mm-hmm. or just have children. I am really wanting to find the other obituary. Here it is. Mrs. Julia R. Wells, his wife. Uh, this is part of it. Most of it. Can I interrupt you here? Uh, yeah. Do you think somewhere in this world, since you just mentioned, maybe there are Palmers out there. Mm-hmm. That are direct descendants in a of parallel, William L. Wells. In a parallel universe. What if one of them? somebody is <laughs> doing the same thing you are doing. The same research on the same people at the same time. Wow, Jim, that's about almost as fascinating as what we're actually talking about. <laughs> well, I mean, I know. Um, okay, that's a good way. Uh, the real uh, thank you for stopping to interrupt me to ask that question. Well, you hadn't started yet, and you're just reading things, so you know. I mean, okay. I want to talk more de- about maybe a your descendant of understanding of parallel universes after I finish this. Okay. So that sounds like well, a I don't topic. really mean a parallel universe. I mean just somewhere across the country. Somebody sitting in California, a Palmer going, did you know that grandpa? Okay, is... well, then that's a different story. That would be sweet. That's what I'm talking okay. about. When I said parallel, that's not universe, a parallel universe, I know that's it's not. this universe. I know, that's not what I meant. Okay, I just well, meant you should like... say what you mean. Okay. <laughs> More precision, precision in my words. Yeah. Okay, so Mrs. Julia R. Wells, so this is the OG Julia, died at the residence of William McPherson Jr. yesterday. And the death of Mrs. Julia R. Wells, which occurred at the residence of William McPherson Jr. yesterday afternoon, Howell loses another of its most accomplished and respected women of the past 62 years. Julia Rainey Wells, wife of the late Dr. L. Wells, was born at Rochester, New York, February 9, 1825. May 18, 1842, she was united in marriage to William L. Wells. To this union, two children were born, William H. and Julia R. Both died some years ago. In 1849, Dr. and Mrs. Wells came to Howell and settled at the corner of Court and Higgins Streets, where they erected 
one of the handsomest residences in the village. Dr. Wells departed this life about 13 years ago. Mrs. Wells continued to live at the residence until about three years ago, when owing to poor health and advancing years, she moved to the home of William McPherson Jr. Mrs. William McPherson Jr. and Mrs. Harriet C. Gay <clears throat> now both departed were her sisters. In early life, Mrs. Wells was a member of the Episcopal Church with which she affiliated after coming to Howell until the same was discontinued, at which time she united with the Presbyterian Church. Mrs. Wells is survived by two granddaughters, Mrs. Julia R. and Matilda Wells of Philadelphia. The funeral will be held from the residence of William McPherson Jr. Friday at 3.30. Now, I'm really going to throw a wrench in things here, and I'm just going to say because there is, if you go to like, is it like the cemetery search, and you go to Lakeview and you click on them. You know how that's pretty sophisticated where you like you click on one person and it says who their siblings are and who their si their parents are and who their children are. For William H. Wells, and I don't have it pulled it up pulled up now, so it's irresponsible of me, but we know that he had Matilda and Julia mm -hmm. are. There is another child listed for him. Oh, okay. So a third. The person has a gravestone and her name is Helen. So mm -hmm. I just I'm so lost about all of it. And when did this Helen come along? And like, you know, I yeah. don't know. There's so much mystery here. Well, it sounds like you need to get the full name for her. And then you need to do the paper search the way you're doing it and see what comes up for Helen. Yeah. Um, there is a little history in the history of Howell or Livingston. I can't remember what it's called book. There's like, they have like all the early people. So they have all the first physicians, all the first attorneys all the first all, like all the major professions and then they have it's it's just quite dense with information and facts but they have a little blurb here about dr william l wells son of dr cyrus wells of oakland county whose ride extended over a large part of livingston in an early day came to howell in 1849 and laid the foundation of the successful and extended practice in which he is still engaged he is a member of the livingston county medical association a physician of high repute and one of the senior practitioners of the county. Dr. W.H. Martin, who afterwards practiced in Pinckney, was a student in Dr. Wells' office. That's it. Okay, so you had mentioned earlier that his dad had pronounced somebody mm -hmm. deceased here. The and it first. was supposedly the first person in the village. That's the way I read. What year was that? Because when you read that... I don't... I don't it's, it's old. It's from... I think it was from... It was either the 30s or the 40s. It was before. It was before. I thought you said 42. So okay. my point for bringing, so it's before he lived. Either of them lived here. But my point in bringing that up is, I thought in that article it referenced William L. Wells living here. No, I don't think so. I think it was just because I think it was written after. Like that was documented. Okay, that's what I was. So wondering. it was like he lives here now, but it, this occurred that before would, okay, he lived that here. That would make sense because I was like, well, why didn't he just do it? But that yeah. makes sense then. Okay, so mm -hmm. in forty, I think it was forty-two. I think is what you read. So okay. yeah, if that was written years later, that that was the first one oh, pronounced. Well, wait, it says Dr. Cyrus Wells of Oakland County, the father of Dr. William L. Wells of Howell, was also very frequently called to attend patients in Livingston County in the early years of his, its existence. He was the physician who was called in the spring of eighteen thirty-seven to attend the last sickness of Mr. Sam. Waddell in the western part of town of Howell, and his ride extended even further west to the township of Handy. His practice in Livingston was fully as large as that of Dr. Curtis and much more extended than that of Dr. Pattinson. <laughs> so 
That's okay, so in it was the, 37. Oh, it, the name of the book is called History of Lovingston County, Michigan. Okay, so it was 37. You were correct on that. Yeah, so that's all the screenshots I got. Um, any questions? <laughs> Thoughts? Comments? <laughs> I'm going to look something up here really quick. Yeah, like I told you, you needed to document that tree a little bit. and I, I don't want to do that. You do that. You are the one that's so invested in this whole deep dive. I just dive. think it's really... Yeah, and then so it stops. Wouldn't yeah, that be Helen, the part that would be fun for he, you is to actually be able to put it all together? Yeah, so he did have Helen J. Wells. Um, his wife was Ella, but then oh, so he was married twice then. Because they said Julia and Matilda's mother had a different name, didn't she? Than Ella? Yeah. I think so. What was that? I'm mother? trying to remember what, what you said it was now. But on the cemetery it says their mother is Ella, which is Helen's mom, but I feel like it's that woman in Maine. Her name was not was not Ella, I don't think, was it? I have to go back and re-listen no, this recording. Ba- I know. <laughs> well, didn't you have a screenshot of it? I don't. I have so many screenshots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not saying to do it now, but. Yeah. So how do you feel about all of this? It makes me long. For what? For to to be able to travel back and peer in on them. Yeah. That's, that doesn't happen for you? No, that's, see, that's the piece of it that actually is like, yeah, to try to, I say reminisce, but try to get a little glimpse into that life. Yeah. That part is interesting to me. The details on the rest of it, a little bit like, like I said, unless it's organized and laid out, it just kind of all blurs together. What do you mean? Like, so. You're reading. Well, that's re- because I'm reading it too, and you didn't do the That's what I'm saying. You're yourself. reading these, you're reading from your, sna- you know, your screenshots. No, but what you're going to do is you're going to have this recorded now. So you're going to be able to go back and re listen to this over and yes. over again until it sinks. I cannot in. wait. As soon as we get done At with this, you publish level. it. I'm going to <laughs> listen over and over and over again. Okay. Um, I'm trying to see something here. Nope. I was looking to see for the name of that mother, the other two girls. So William H. Wells remains a mystery to me. It's hard to look up information on a William Wells in New York City. There's a lot of them. So to try to pinpoint, I mean, I could spend more time on it, but it's just, I feel like it was, I was, it was like, I don't care that much right well, now. Maybe I'll care more later. But I can imagine too. The last name Wells though is, seems like it's a pretty common name. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to sift through a lot of stuff to get information on related people. Yeah. And there's a lot of Williams. Mm-hmm. You know how many Williams there are? There's a lot of Julia's. Williams? Williams. The name William. Like, well, it doesn't help that they have their daughter. The, the, and a lot the, of Julia's. The wife's, the wife's name Julia. <clears throat> the daughter's name Julia. The granddaughter's name Julia. The, you know, and then the Rannies, the middle name, Rainy, and is the middle name of the daughters. But then it's the last name of the mother. And it's, I mean, it is a little convoluted. Yeah, exactly. I know I saw in about 15 spots where this mother was from. So I am just kind of looking through this. Okay, no, this one does say that she was the daughter of, so Julia was the daughter of Ella. I wonder if Matilda had a different mother. Does it say of It May? says Julia Miss Wells was the daughter of William H. and Ella Wells. I don't see anything. Oh, wait. No, it does say she leaves her mother, Miss Ella Wells of Bailey Island, Maine. So, oh, okay. So, okay. no, I guess for some reason, okay, so Helen must have been the baby. And so she's just not mentioned. I wonder if she was. No, that doesn't make any sense. This is where this is confusing because William H. died before his parents died. So, that you would think that that means that he had didn't have any children after that, right? And so the obituary of both William and Julia, the OGs, say that they had two grandchildren. Did Helen already pass, maybe? Did she, what was her years of life? Maybe that's what I'm missing. 
I just don't really see much about her. She, no, it said she died in 1910. Why isn't there mention of her as one of the grandchildren in any of the obituaries? But you said she shows up on the information for the, from the cemetery. When yeah, you go. and she's we've seen her gravestone. Right. It clearly says Helen. And it says in there that she, unless the cemetery messed up, it says in there that she is, according to the cemetery records, she is the daughter of Ella and William H. I wonder if the cemetery just has that wrong. Maybe she's Maybe she's some other relative that just was included in the family in a different way. I don't know. That's so maddening. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, literally, she's not mentioned in any of the obituaries anywhere yeah, for anybody. That's a little bizarre. And then there's this gravestone for her. That's why you need to write <clears throat> it down and lay it out so we can go back. And when you do come across things, we can check it over and re, you know, go, oh, does this line up with everything else? Yeah. It's filling all the holes. But wait a minute. So she died a year before grandma. Yeah, it even says, because they have the picture of the gravestone, daughter of Ella. And William H. Wells. What? 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 I just... When was William H. Wells born? He was born in 1846. She was born in 1874. So they were all born before... Or he was born before they moved here. Yep. He was three in 1850, right? That's what it said on the census yeah. anyways. Okay. So what year did I say he was born? 46. 46. Yeah, so almost four or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I don't know what to do about this longing feeling, Jim. I'm, I'm longing for them, and I can't fulfill that longing. No, you can't. What if That's they were a dicks? Frustrating feeling. What if they were? Did you read the obituaries? Dicks. They weren't dicks. Were, I feel like I feel like prominent. I was a lot like William William L. It said he was a man of many likes and dislikes, but he was honorable. <laughs> <laughs> that basically means everybody knows his opinion. I know. And <laughs> and I was Aunt Julia. <laughs> yes. Liked by all. Yeah, I wonder what she was like. I know. I wonder how they met. They were met in New York where they were married? I believe so. So, yeah, what happened there? I want to know how their daughter, their daughter, Julia, she married at 23 to this guy. And how did they meet? It said something about how he was interested in the whatever group that was of Livingston's. How, why did he end up out in the Livingston group if he lived in Detroit? And is that how he met her in his travels out here? And yeah, were they uh -huh. in love? Like, was he devastated over they were only married a year before she passed and then they had this three-month-old baby that obviously was here i mean was he here through that or was he in new york the whole i mean detroit the whole time what was that like somebody tell me <laughs> i think you should write your own movie about it there's a picture and take creative liberties yeah to structure it the way you think it should be there's a photograph if you google it of cyrus which i think is so awesome because it's like, oh, wow, okay, I can put a face to this. Yeah. There's not, I haven't found any photos of anyone else, though. Oh, was it just him? I thought we, okay. I can only imagine that William L. looks like I thought like we had found a couple other ones, but I guess not. Did we? I thought so. Mm, okay, no, I don't think so. No? okay. I feel like I would have known that. I know. Now I'm, I'm trying to figure out where that would have been, so I'm probably mixing things up. So there was a newspaper article, too, that, like, we already knew about, but I'd stumbled upon it again, of houses is headline steeped in history in our neighborhood which was called piety hill and there was like four or five houses highlighted and ours was one of them it was the least impressive of all of them but still it was in there so that was kind of fun mm -hmm. i don't know if it's the least impressive one. Oh, for sure it was you think Did so you not see all of the ones that were listed in there well the picture yeah the picture didn't necessarily do it justice but no the other houses are not 
just boxes. Ours is just a box. That's true. Shape-wise, <laughs> for yeah. sure. Ours definitely is the simplest of the group. Anyways, yeah, we live in a really pretty neighborhood with a lot of gorgeous houses that I would love to see the inside of. I mean, you can kind of see some things it, you like through windows and stuff. I feel like every single one of them has the same staircase that we have. The one craftsman in town that yeah. built stairs. Yep, I can do that. Could you do some deep dive searching on the builders of these homes like who designed and constructed <laughs> and manufactured whatever probably the words are. not because i think if we if we had that information it would have showed up in other things yeah i believe i mean i'm not saying it's not possible but i don't know that it's likely so what else is going on with you um nothing <laughs> nothing we got our first real snowfall this year yesterday yes we did and into today yep and not that it's a ton of snow. It was really heavy, wet, kind of nasty, icy snow. But it is pretty out for once. Yep. Cold. And it's gonna. It's cold, and it's getting colder and colder over the next Lake couple days. Lake is not frozen. Lake has zero ice on it. Zero not just ice. not frozen. It's got waves. It had waves today with the, <laughs> the, the, yeah, the winds. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and actually, I have slacked this week on my working out. We talked about it last Shocking. week. Going... How have you slacked? First of all, that's a lie. You've worked out more this week than you have in the past five years altogether. <laughs> well, you seriously did like three days in a row. I've never seen that out of you. I know. Ever. And, the, and, then, I, and then I haven't in like three days. So three? I think it's been two days, Jim. Calm down. And you're going to today, right? I'm going to today. So. Yeah, tonight. I don't know that I did Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe I did do Wednesday. Okay, so maybe it's only going to be two days if that's the case. And that I'm wouldn't still... be too bad. Going strong with my workouts, so... <laughs> Shocking. You always have. No, I haven't. Well... I have nothing else to do, you know, because dry January. You brought, I'm just you brought that upon yourself. <laughs> How's that going? It's going. It's going? It's going. Is it getting easier? No. I thought it would. <laughs> it's not. It's getting harder. Yeah, I wonder... You mentioned before, what'd you say that the supposedly that point was where it's like you get to and it's like once you cross that point, it's supposed to get easier. Is it just halfway through? I, or, I mean... I it's arbitrary a little bit. But. I think it is arbitrary because I think, again, it's just like, it's not like, like I, it's not like I drink every day. I drink less days than I don't drink. But it is, it's just like every, every few days, it's nice to have a couple glasses of wine and unwind. And I guess I didn't realize to not have that escape is an adjustment, which is really pathetic. So yeah, I you know, and it's just this idea that again, it, I think it's just this idea of like, oh, two and a half more weeks, like you know, right? It's it's interesting to find to realize how much you might rely on things to um, just sort of numb out, like whether it's food or wine or whatever people do. I don't know. Some people do gummies. People do all lots of sugar like lot people all we all have these vices right and so i'm trying not to have any vices for 30 days and that i guess is what is the real wake up call here is like it's kind of hard impossible i mean it's not impossible but it's really hard (laughs) it's hard yeah well and i was thinking about it from the standpoint of you don't have you don't have to drink every day or every other day to be like i know this day this week is gonna suck 
So I'm looking forward to like getting through that day and then unwinding a little bit and having a couple beers or having a couple glasses of wine or something else. Mm-hmm. And it might be four days from now mm-hmm. that just in your mind, then mentally you're like, all right, I'm going to power through the next three days and then I'm going I'm yeah, to relax. It does sort of help like bring to the realization of like where you nut white knuckle in life. Like I feel like I've, I feel like, you know, I've done that with so many, we all have, like, I feel like running was that for me for a long time where it got unhealthy and not unhealthy, but like it was an escape. It was like, I can't wait to get home and run and, or whatever, you know, like, and obviously that was a daily thing. (laughs) So, but that, that went away. So, or if it was just like, I used to be like addicted to cookies. Like I would just like, you know, oh, I just going to escape from the world and enjoy the sugar cookie, you know, like whatever it is. So, um, again, it just, it's just like when you're when you try to strip yourself away of comforts, it's hard. What does it make? But you it's feel? a good challenge. What does it make you feel? What does it make me? What do you mean? Well, it's hard. We know it's hard. Uh huh. But like, not just what about it is hard because we know, of course, you know, holding back. But like to me, it just it seems like it's it's kind of like a. It's boring. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say almost like I don't say not claustrophobic, but like it's like I can see boring, but you just feel like yeah, there's there's no outlet. So you feel stuck maybe. I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Like what, what, how does it feel? Like what does it actually, um, well, what, is it just frustrating? Is it when just, you, when you, when you try to take a break from things, like what do you, what's it like for you? Like when you, I mean, you've never given up I, something. Well, I get antsy, of course. Antsy. Agitated, is... antsy, you know, and it's just that feeling of like, yeah, it's just antsy. Yeah. Like, oh, I can't do that thing. So what else can I do? What else is there? What's what can I use? Like, to re, what am I going to replace it with? Right, and that's my point is that I'm trying not to replace. Right, right. So at least with nothing unhealthy, you're trying to replace it with something healthy. Right, but even like even like I said, like if running, I think would be considered a healthy habit, but not when you're using it to escape. Right, like you're just like I guess I just. I don't know even know what to formulate about that yet, but like, well, okay. you got to be present. Like, it's this idea of yeah. like practicing presence and mindfulness and like noticing how many times you try to escape. Do you know what I mean? So, like, you're right. Like, even if I was like, oh, I know on Friday I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have a couple of glasses of wine, even though it's Monday and that's several days away. I know that it's ahead. I know I have this thing where I'm gonna just feel like I don't have to sit and. I, I, I don't know. I just like you don't have to sit with yourself, maybe. Like, you know, that, like, oh, I can sit with myself now, but I know I'm going to get a break from myself. Mm-hmm. So, whether it's running or like going to the snack cupboard or like having a glass of wine or like when you take that away, it feels like very antsy. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, it's great because it's been, it's such a call to mindfulness. It's well, such a call to like, Oh, look at look what you're look what's happening right so now. So I look, look at, at this. I look at what you just did the last couple of days in your deep dive into the the Wellses, and it's like it was a distraction. Perhaps. Yeah, would you have done that? I mean, not that yes, you I that all the you would have done that, but I'm just saying because there was nothing else going on, that was the thing you did, you found to distract. Yourself. I did, and I you're, did. You're I totally escaped it. into that. Yeah. No, but I did. It was it was like yeah. this is like I'm escaping into this yeah. place. So my my question These is on that, people which I think world. is. Yeah, I think that's okay. I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But you just said like to be present and everything else. And it's like, okay, but we, we're going to naturally find something else in those moments yes, to I escape Yes, I think into. what's interesting about dry January, though, is that it's making you – it's really brings more awareness yeah. 
And it's like, you may intellectually have that awareness, but now it's like, oh, you're feeling the awareness too. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I do. I do. Maybe one day I'll try it. You probably should. I, yeah, I don't, like, it's important to me to stick with it because to me, it's like, it has, so, it's so, it's so rooted in like Buddhist stuff. It's so, it's like this, this idea of like okay, needing so to control desire and craving. Do what you, know you what just mean? said there is totally, that's the piece right there. Yeah. And that's when you talk about being present and everything else. I just think that giving up one thing and being able to go to that space is way harder than just those two things. Because you what will do you find. Because you will find. two things. Can you speak more concretely, Being present. Please? Being present. Mm-hmm. Tapping into that. Mm-hmm. And a distraction. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to find any other distraction mm-hmm. than to sit in that present. Mm-hmm place Mm -hmm. so that's what i'm saying is like that's the ideal is to get there and i think that no matter all i'm saying is if it's not one thing it's something else that's the struggle that exactly you know so exactly exactly yes but on a positive note and i don't drink that much anyway relatively speaking but it is kind of nice because I'm like, I'm less inclined to drink. Okay. So with working out and everything else, it feels <laughs> kind of like. Except that not, because you still <laughs> do. What do you mean? I'm saying in. I, no, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. In general, I feel like I'm less inclined. You, I'm not going to drink. I'm not drinking with you. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I can open up a beer and maybe I'll mm-hmm. have a beer or something. But it's mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, I'm just drinking a beer by myself. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm watching a football game or something, fine. But at the same time, it's just kind of like, okay, whatever, you know. Right. It's not like we're hanging out and we're like listening to music and we're sitting there, you know, on a Friday night or something, just getting into the mo- you know, the moment of the music and feeling that and, you know, mm-hmm. having a couple cocktails. It's like, well, we can do that, but it's just not the same. Oh, does that make you sad? We could, we could still do that. We could still do that. We could still do that. <laughs> but no, I think it's, I mean, I don't think it's, I think it's a good thing in some ways. You think what's a good thing in some ways? To just, in general, just like switch course a little bit. Yeah, I think that it's really good to challenge yourself in that way. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Like, I've never really done diets. And, you know, I've chall- I'm trying to think like back. Like, I've challenged myself as a runner. Like, when I got into running, I was really pushing myself and that was hard work. And like, that was a whole really kind of, you know, a spiritual experience. But in a way, it was like I was giving myself something, though, too. It wasn't depriving Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because I was craving yeah. running, you know? Well, so yeah. again, this is just really like, yeah. And I'm just See, really trying to eat right. The difference and... is there is you just said it, you were craving running. Yeah. It's like that was your escape and you knew it was an escape. Yeah. So what I what I find right now is that with trying to stick with working out, with you not drinking uh-huh. and me not drinking as much, like it's I've felt a lot of stress lately. And so it's been a long time since I've used working out as uh-huh. a release. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just haven't done that. I haven't worked out. I mean, if running once a week with you doesn't mm-hmm. really cut it or maybe going downstairs and lifting weights for 10 minutes doesn't mm-hmm. do anything. Mm-hmm. But I have found that I've gotten more of a release from that, that tension and everything by working out now. Where yeah. in the past, for a long time, it's been like, oh, it's been a terrible day. I might have a couple of drinks. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, I can get that release from working out. Right. And that's what I'm experiencing as well. It's definitely not a craving situation. I'm definitely not like, I can't wait to go work out <laughs> and blow off the steam. Yes. Same here. It, to me, it's a challenge. It's like, you gotta, you're you going to do this because it's good for you and it's going to be terrible, but you're going to feel good about yourself because same you're going to know that you accomplished this when you're done. Peloton has always done that to me, by the way. And that's what I'm doing right now. Cause as we know, I have a foot injury. So 
those those rides have been rough, but I'm telling you when I'm done, I feel so accomplished and so like proud of myself for sticking to it and coming out on the other side. It's a, those rides are an emotional and physical roller coaster. <laughs> the, the, and that's one thing that you actually have been riding more lately. And I've been thinking, and I've been on the, I've been getting on the treadmill. Um, and I'm like, I, I just don't want to switch it up right now. But I do feel like there is something to be said about doing those rides and what you get out of them, yeah. both mentally and physically, versus getting on the treadmill and doing a run. And there's some workouts that are on there to do, but it's not. It's just. I mean, I'm pushing myself. I'm feeling the workout part of it. Uh huh. But there's something about doing the Peloton workouts. Yeah. On the bike that you, when you do finish one, you know you've worked hard uh-huh. and, and you just, there's something about it. Yeah. It's like finishing a race. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Or it's like you cross that finish line and you feel it's... this a sense of accomplishment yeah. where working out yourself doing mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I feel good about it, but yeah. I don't feel like it's like an yeah. accomplishment. We've talked same. about this. Yeah. Before. Yeah. But absolutely. I did Alex today too, which I haven't done Alex. I've done two live rides and I haven't done live rides in years. And I finally was like, I noticed that I was like, I f- if I find one, it seems like I don't have to also go through that back and forth of like, oh, I'll work out in an hour. Oh, an hour comes. Well, maybe I'll put it off. It's like, no, I committed to this time. So I found that that's been helpful. And it does feel a little, there's something a little more inspiring about knowing that you're just there live with everyone else. Um, but so Alex had a live ride today, who I used to exclusively ride Alex all the time in the beginning. He's intense. I forgot. I mean, his, he's just, he's got you moving hard and working hard. And so I did his today and I was like, oh man, but he does get you feeling like on fire too, you uh-huh. know? He's able to motivate you. That And that's one of the biggest things. It's not just motivate to uh-huh. push harder, but there's this like internal motivation that just makes you feel. Yeah. And he, I mean, like, it is very much like uh, you're going to like, this is like, it's not like, I don't know. I can't explain it. You just have to do it, but he's good. Yeah. <laughs> You should, yeah, you should do gym. I forgot how valuable their coaching is as well, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like you get this mental thing out of it, too. It's uh-huh. not just this benefit that it's not just the physical benefit. You actually, there's a, there's a, a mental like release that comes with it. Yes. Yeah. So all that to say, I don't know that I have, yeah, like I said, I've never gone on a diet. So to me, this feels like a diet, maybe. And yeah, it sucks. <laughs> now I know why people complain about and diets. You're, you're almost halfway through. <laughs> almost halfway. Almost. Almost halfway. Almost halfway. <laughs> All right. Well, good. Anything else from you? No, there was a lot from me. Anything I know. else from you? <laughs> no. All right. No, I, you know, I did mention when you were reading me all that stuff yesterday, I pulled our puzzle out and yeah. sat there and worked on our puzzle, yeah. which we haven't done this winter. I know. I just I mean, we started it. it and we got this nice little case for it so we can zip it back up and put it away mm-hmm. when we're not using it or mm-hmm. doing it. But it's a tough one, but you need to join me in that. It's good. We have to, we have to finish it this winter. I'm in the mood for just movies. And I haven't done anything to knit my sweater this week either. <laughs> my oh, sweater yeah. vest. Your sweater vest. <laughs> all right. Well, Anyways. I love you. I love you. I did. I do want to say that I've also I have been really productive and getting a lot of reading slash listening done. I'm both reading paper books, you know, actual physical books, and listening to Audible, and I've gotten like so much accomplished in that department. So that's pretty cool. Ooh. Yep. Ooh. Well, right. I took the Christmas tree down today. Yeah. So. Thank you. Accomplish that. Thank you. <laughs> All, right. All right. Love you. Love you. Love you.